With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Welcome to Stop Talking, Take Action, Get Results. Get the knowledge you need from Jen Duplessis with more than 35 years in business and as an entrepreneur and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. Also, be sure to check out Jen's book, Launch, How to Take Your Business to New Heights. Available on Amazon. For a signed copy, contact Jen at jenduplessis.com. Now, here is national and international speaker and coach, Jen Duplessis. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Stop Talking, Take Action, and Get Results. I'm your host, Jen Duplessis, and today I am so excited to have someone that I think is going to be able to share and some real great insight um, from a couple of perspectives. One is from a mastermind perspective. The other is from uh, being someone who's in Australia, so it's different than what happens in the United States, and I know that we're international, but it's just kind of nice to get different perspective on business, and um, I'm just super excited to have him. So let me tell you about our guest today. His name is Ronan Leonard, right? Did I get that right? Is it Leonard or Leonard? You nailed it, Jen. You nailed it. Okay. I always think I, I need to make all the names all funny. It's, it's really weird. So Ronan Leonard, and um, he is the CEO and founder of Accountability, and he's going to talk to you about that. It's not accountability. It's e-countability. And just to give you a quick little background, he's from Melbourne, Australia, so you're going to love listening to him. Um, and uh, what he does is he helps goal-oriented entrepreneurs, startups, and small business owners get the support, advice, and perspective that they need to grow their business. And he does that by connecting them to one another successfully um, through virtual masterminds. So I'm super excited to have you. Thank you so much for, I know it's really early there. Thank you so much for getting up really early to, to record this uh, podcast episode. I appreciate it. Not a problem at all, Jen. I'm really looking forward to um, hopefully imparting some some wisdom, but also some education onto your audience so that they can reach their goals and, and improve in some small way. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, one of the things that I really love is that anything that we're learning, you know, we can take that information and teach other people like our partners. You're talking about, you know, having these masterminds and, and really networking and getting to know one another. And these are great things that we can say, gosh, guess what I learned? But you're going to talk about it doesn't stop at content. It doesn't say, guess what I learned, but how do we put that in context? So let's go ahead and get started with a couple things. Um, so one of the things that I know that you um, are really, really interested in talking about is, and I think this is the, the high level, and it's your, your first question that you, you know, had sent to me, which is, you know, what is a an ROI? Well, we obviously know return on investment, but you have rephrased that to a return on intellect. So tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are now in this, and then give us some insight into this return on intellect. Sure. So I've had a very varied career. I worked on cruise ships, including one that sunk on the wild coast of Africa when I was just 23. I Did saw that. From, that. Yeah, it was pretty fascinating, <laughs> and it was a it was a crazy experience. A lot of life lessons I learned from there. Lucky enough, everyone survived, but uh, very very crazy, surreal 
thing. So for another year, I worked on, continued to work on cruise ships, traveled the world, met some amazing people, had some amazing experiences. And then I took all those skills into my own business and I ran a, an events business. And I went from one event a year to 300 and, and one table to 50. Oh. And it was incredibly niche. So uh, it was fun for a while, but it, some niches just don't go anywhere. And I, and I reached this plateau about five years ago and thought, okay, what else am I going to do? And then I looked around to, to harness all my skills because we want to be working to our genius level, to our highest leverage and what we're really good at. Otherwise, it becomes quite difficult. And mm -hmm. one of them was around this connecting people. And I was in my first mastermind at that time. And, but I took about six months to say, really, is, is, is this me? Let me just sit on this. Let me dive further. Let me sort of unpick my, I suppose, my a little bit introspective, but also be a bit more self-aware. Am I really good at this? Uh, and it just took me down this rabbit hole of masterminds where I just became, I use the word obsessed rather than saying that I'm passionate about it. You, you just become obsessed oh, with something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Want to know more. I want to know more. Tell me, how does that work? What, what bits are, you know, work and don't work? So I've been running masterminds for the last three years now. And then in answer to your question about the ROI, everybody talks about ROI as return on investment. You spend $100 on marketing and you get $200 back. You put $100 in the bank and with the interest rate so low, you get $3 back, you know, if you're lucky. <laughs> if you're lucky. <laughs> Terrible. But none of us as business owners sit down and say, for all the knowledge and the expertise and everything I know, am I really getting a good return on my intellect? And especially for people that are in, in certain uh, niches that have had, you know, 10, 15, 20 years experience, you know, you talk about 35 years experience. Yeah. And what they tend to do is they get stuck delivering what they do in one mode and they don't stop and take that time to ask that question and then look around and saying every single authority in your niche does one thing only. They teach. That's how they become an authority. So they start mm -hmm. to share what they know. And they start right. to teach other people and it becomes a book. You've written a book, as you said, so you're okay. an authority. You are a keynote speaker as well. So you're more of an authority. You're, you're up there teaching what you know to people. And another way is to run a mastermind, to, to run some kind of course, to, to run some training thing. And you get a better return on, on intellect because for an information product, the margin is about 70%. Most businesses run at 20%. So already there, if you can package up your intellectual property, you can get a three and a half X ROI return on intellect. So it's really just challenging those people that are, are great at what they do, but are stuck delivering it in just way one way and think that the only way to get more revenue is to get more people at that same price point. But you hit that number where, okay, you, you can't work 50, 60 hours a week. And if you do at that one price point, you're really not leveraging your intellectual property. Yeah, that's really, that's really cool. It's, I was going to say it's deep and I did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is. You know, as you're telling that story, I'm thinking, you know, all the years that I, you know, taught the way I taught and, and, you know, and then certainly I started expanding. In fact, this podcast is a result of that expansion of my intellect because so many people would call me and say, hey, can I pick your brain? I have a quick question, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. And I just ran out of bandwidth in being able to answer all these questions and certainly free of charge, right? Because that's what I was doing. Oh, yeah, here's what I would do. And yeah, try this. And I finally said, you know, what, what medium could I come up with that I could answer these questions? And at the time, podcasts, I mean, really believe this or not, but in the last three years, podcasts have really, I mean, you know, they've blown up. But three years ago, they weren't as blown up as they are now. I mean, it's mm. amazing. There's like 2,000 podcasts a month coming up. And um, 
So I was like, oh, that's how I'll answer questions. I'll do it this yeah. way. I'm going to answer questions through a podcast. That's, you know, the best way for me to use my time. And then that morphed into speaking more, you know, doing more keynotes that I was already doing training. But yeah, that's kind of interesting, you know, that, yeah, it does kind of fit in a container of intellect um, that, you know, of course, doesn't manifest uh, financially for the individual. But I think also, you know, when you talk about not passion, but uh, what was the word you used? Um, obsession. Obsession. You know, that, that people that do have this contained knowledge um, are obsessed about it, but it stays in that containment and, and stays financially in a job. Exactly, just, yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, just, it's, just a, it's just learning a new skill set. What I'm saying to people is you don't need to learn a whole bunch of new stuff. What you need to do is find the, the part that is most applicable to your audience. As you said, you know, people are asking you questions. It's as simple as that. What do people yeah. pick my brains about? Okay, let me just find out whether there is a market for that and, and, you know, 20 people want to learn that or 30. And you've got that shortcut. So people are coming into your market and it's, it's a growth mindset or it's a fixed mindset. The fixed mindset says, oh, these people are going to be my competitors. Why would I ever teach them what I know? And a growth mindset says, these people are coming in anyway. Just about every niche that isn't dying mm -hmm. is, is expanding and people are coming in. You have two choices. One, they become your competitors and you earn nothing from them. Two, you teach them, you earn from them, and you elevate yourself to that authority. And, and as you said, all those other things come from it. Once you start teaching, and the definition really of authority is someone who teaches, the second that happens, you know, for you, all these other things open up, keynote speaking and, and everything else that happens with that by being that person that gets that better return on intellect. Yeah, and it happens, it, ironically, it happens organically until you get to a threshold and then you have to do some marketing and then it happens organically. So let's talk about this just so we can go a little bit deeper on the teaching, you know, um, where we teach that flexible masterminds, right, allow an audience to be taught the way they want to learn, not what the expert wants to teach. So tell us how you put these masterminds together. So you're saying, I'm not hiring a um a speaker to say, hey, what do you speak about? Come and speak about that. Or, or is it that? Or is it that you're just finding saying we are having a seminar, but it's only to these people who are looking for this thing? Well, there's two ways to go with the mastermind. You can do a general one business advice, and that's got some great advantages of diversity. It's not a group think. It's not all six or eight e-commerce people all thinking about e-commerce problems. Uh, so you've got that true diversity. But if for a subject matter expert to, to run a mastermind, they're really giving a shortcut and they're, they're distilling their IP into what people want to learn, not what they want to teach. And, and there's ah, a gotcha. huge but subtle difference between those two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the reason I, being, I, go ahead. Yeah, I want to hear. I want to hear your thoughts. And, and the reason being is that if you've got, like yourself, 35 years experience, what you can be overwhelmed with all information and say, oh, let me just all dump that into a course or let me just dump all that information. And what you'll find is that the market changes all the time and people have different problems. Um, but you want to look for that collective problem, as you said, when people start picking your brains and find that consensus. What do you really want to know? Do you really want to know how to scale your business? Do you really want to know how to access new markets? Which part of your IP is the most valuable to them? And then you use the inverted or flipped classroom method. And what you do is you give them the content and then when they come and speak to you as the expert, they get context to that. So what it means yeah. is that you might, you might package this up into a six or eight or week program, a year long program. It doesn't really matter the, the, the length, it's academic, but it's the fact that they go away and they learn 
um, at their own pace and their own speed so you're not slowing people down. So you're not mm-hmm. spending that whole hour giving, delivering this information that somebody would have picked up in half an hour, somebody takes them two hours, but then you have no time to really go deeper on it and give that context. And that's what we're starving for. We have a huge amount of information now on the internet, big chunks of it are free, and yet business owners are failing at a faster rate than they were 30 years ago. So it's not information, it's the context around that. So you you learn it through, as I said, you learn it at your own pace and, and you reach a sticking point where you go, how does that apply to me? I'm different, I'm unique, I, I learn differently to the people. And then you come with that sticking point where the expert has that time because they haven't spent all the time delivering, got the time to say, well, actually, if you apply it to this, that would work. Or, or in my experience, this happens. And you go, oh, yeah, okay, I get that now. So you're giving them that context that they desperately need. Right, yeah. So, you know, in, in my um, line of work, what I do now, <laughs> um, I call that the gap because really it is, it's identifying the gap or, or creating that, you know, those blind spots is where, you know, I've been there. So I can see where that, where that blind spot is instantly and it, almost an intuition for it, right? Because of the, because of the teaching and being the expert, right? So very quickly, I can see exactly what the issue is, whereas someone else has not been through it, is not seeing it. And so it provides, you know, that feedback. Yeah, that, that's perfect. I, I wrote a model about the, the difference between the inverted classroom and, and regular teaching. And yes, I called it the, the, the gap. It's also the gap for them is that they, they read that information, but there's a gap between what they read and understood and how they can potentially apply it or right. they don't quite understand it. And that gap is, is, is very similar as well, where they say, okay, I don't quite understand this part, and you fill in that gap, absolutely. Right. And that then creates that context, and, and it's the final missing piece of them reading a blog post and going, well, that's great, but I don't know how that applies to me, or I, my, right. my situation is different. Um, I don't quite understand <laughs> that bit. So, well, you know, you're spot on. You're absolutely spot on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so, yeah, it's, it's applying that. And then, then it gets back to, you know, stop talking, take action, get results. And that's partly why that's happening, you know, is the, is the lack of knowledge. Cause we're not for the, for lack of knowledge. Like you said, you know, the gospel of Google has everything, everything, <laughs> there's nothing more to learn. It's just, how do you, how do you actually do it? Okay. So that's really cool. So I've got a couple more questions for you. So one is, um, let's see what direction I want to go in with this. So let me start with this. So someone who's listening to this podcast is saying, okay, this is all well and good. I get it. Return on intellect, teaching, et cetera. What if I'm not a teacher? What if I'm not a coach? What if I'm not a speaker? What if I'm just the average sales guy and I'm out selling and I might be doing a presentation. I might be having classes or seminars to, you know, events to try to get people to come to. I might even be doing a mastermind or a book club, right? To, to engage with my clients. So what what's a good, in context, again, we're going to talk about the context, but what kind of context um, would that apply to if this is someone who's not really the teacher yet? They have the knowledge, but they haven't, this, they haven't uh, come out of that container to figure out how could I chase this passion and still be able to do my job? Do you mean it's a, it's a side hustle or they're... Nope, nope, not a side hustle, just a, it just their job. You know, how could they how could they get a better return on what they know, their intellect in the context of their job, you know, so that they don't um burn out, get overwhelmed, uh, you know, decide that they need to change careers because they they just don't like doing it anymore. So how what could we do to help them level up their their skill set um as a leader 
rather okay. than as a as you know just a regular salesperson. One of the key things that I instigated and, and it, it works fantastically well is something as simple as spending half an hour each week in thinking time because we are programmed to be busy all the time. We're, we're hardwired yeah. to see a problem, work on fixing it. Right. What happens is that we, and you talk about the gap, and this is a very similar concept. We assume we need more clients and therefore we say, well, we come up with a solution that we think is, is right. So oh, I need a better website or I need some SEO, or I need marketing, or whatever that is. It. Yeah, and the, second <laughs> we've, and the second we've come to that conclusion, the only difference is then who's, which website developer is going to get my money and how much. Because a website developer is never ever going to say, actually, you don't really need a new website. You, you need a stronger message or you need a stronger product. They're not going to tell you that. They're going to say, great, I can build you this website. It's going to cost you X yeah. amount. Mm -hmm. yeah. So what we've done is we've, we've identified a problem. We've jumped to this conclusion that, um, that I don't have this and, and, and to get there, I need that without really thinking through the second order consequences. And, and the thinking time allows you to go deeper on that and saying, okay, what, is it, what does that really mean? Do I really need a new website? Um, am I not getting enough referrals? And start questioning what you do and where your highest leverage is. And from that comes better answers you're far less likely to jump on the, the, the first idea you thought of because you think that's the problem. And you're just able to go deeper and, 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 and work through those issues and for the most part come to a better answer than the very first one you thought of that you assumed was right. And in most instances, never it is because we apply all this wasted energy, myself included, I'm not perfect, you know, <laughs> I'm, not, uh, I'm not preaching from the hill. We, we jump to this conclusion and then we go, Oh yeah, I definitely need more more SEO, and 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 it's not it's not always the answer. In fact, a lot of the time, it's just a rabbit hole. You've gone down and spent three six months. You spent thousands of dollars, and it really hasn't addressed the core issue. So that thinking time really, and it costs nothing to to, to sit back and say, all right, what am yeah. I yeah, what am I trying to achieve? Let me ask a better question. Tony Robbins says, you know, the quality of your life is based on the questions that you you ask. And that is so true. And you have to ask yourself that question. So if you're, if you're looking for that person that, that wants to improve their business, how do they go about that? One of them is to really look at everything you do and deliver. And one, it might be simple, you know, why don't I have a referral system? If I want more clients, surely the ones that are, are already love what I do, um, why don't I build a referral system? Is that a better way of getting qualified leads than me spending thousands of thousands of dollars on marketing when it's free to go back to my customers and say, existing customers saying, hey, you know, do you really like what I did? Um, I'd love it if, you know, a couple more people you sent them my way. My ideal customer is this. So there are other solutions out there rather than the instant one we, we jump to thinking that that's going to solve all our problems. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, that totally resonates with me, and I'm sure it resonates with a lot of people that are listening as well because I have spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on things that I thought I needed. And I think, you know, one of the things I learned is there's a sequence as well. It's, it's sequential. You know, I may need a new website. I may need that, but not right now, you know, and being able yeah. to be decisive, de decisive in that, you know, that thought process. So, so thank you. Thanks for answering that question. So I know that that, that sort of bridges into something that you wanted to talk about that I, I can't believe that I've never heard of because I, I've read a lot about Rockefeller. I don't know why I don't know this, but I am so excited to learn something new from you on a way that we can do this kind of thinking and that 
we can, you know, slow down to speed up. Sure, sure. So, so tell us about it. Everybody's waiting with data breath because they don't know what I'm talking about. All right. So everybody knows about J.D. Rockefeller, huge oil baron, made billions. He was a huge proponent of habits and, and, and systems. So we all have these lofty goals we want to achieve. We want to double my revenue this year, whatever it is. Uh, but it, uh, that's just a pipe dream. That's just a, a fantasy you've made up. The habits and the rituals you do are what will get you to where you need to be. And we all know about the smart goal system, breaking things down and doing yeah. all that. Mm-hmm. But what most small business owners, and, and again, uh, I'm not perfect. I've, I've done this myself, but I'm, I'm getting better at it, is that we, we don't really create that consistency. And we, we, break the, the, we break the biggest promises, which are the promises to ourselves. So client work gets done. All those things that we, we have to do get done. But the, the, the promises we make to ourselves are the, the ones we tend to break the most and the most frequently and the easiest. Right? So one of those things to, to think about is, am I just being consistent and true to, to what I, I say I'm going to do? So it's the JD Rockefeller dot system. And it is as simple as on the left-hand column, you write all the, the consistent actions that you need and you promise to yourself. And then you print that off and it's a, it's a month a monthly little graph, and I'm happy to share that with your audience. Okay. And you, at the end of the day, you put a tiny little dot next to them. Did I, did I do those things? So maybe it is mm. something as simple as working um, out. Cont- yeah, working out was mine. <laughs> so, so mine are working out meditation. I've got this little mm-hmm. brain training app. I write out my top three tasks to do at the start of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, daily journaling at the end, five minutes. Um, little gratitude journal. There's, there's a whole bunch of things, and they change over time. You know, you'll read a new concept, right. you'll try something. Right. Spend time uh, with grandkids. Yeah. 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 Walk the yeah. dog. It's, it doesn't all have to be business, but it's, right. it, it's, it's these commitments that we say, I would, I want to do this, and then it's the, it's just checking in with yourself to say, am I on the right track, and, and am I doing that? And it, mm-hmm. it literally takes you 10 seconds the following morning uh, or the end of the night. And you look at a little dot by the ones that you did. And some of them might be just, you know, once a week because you've got, you've got a little weekly section, even a monthly section, a little dot by there. And then especially the daily ones, you see this pattern where if your daily thing, and mine is to, to write for 25 minutes and it's, it's gone a little bit haywire this week. So it's really 25 <laughs> minutes every day, Monday to Friday. But I can see the dot system. So today I will write for 25 minutes because I can see I missed two days in a row. So I, it keeps me, it keeps those things back up to the top of your mind and you're you're following through on those commitments to yourself, which is which is where the business, you know, the accountability side comes in. That we all start these small businesses because we want freedom, and the yeah. reality is the exact opposite. So we might be a great technician, you're a great plumber, and you go, I don't want to go and work for this, this plumbing company anymore. I'm going to start my own Joe's Plumbing mm-hmm. because I want the freedom, and I want. So what happens is not only do you spend eight hours a day plumbing, but then you've got to do all the quotes and the the invoicing and the follow-up, the, the, yep. the bills and, and, and all the stock and everything. So all of a sudden you've created 12 hours a day instead of eight until you can systemize that and grow enough to put someone else on. But then what you'll quickly do is say, well, look, you don't need to be the best plumber. You need to be the best business owner. And that requires yes. systems. That requires learning about business. And that requires doing the things that you're uncomfortable with. Um, so your plumber... For, for a lot of traders, this is a bit of a generalization, they don't like to do marketing. But marketing yeah. is one of the key skills you'd either need or outsource. Otherwise, you will be stuck just you and those 12 hours a day for the next 30 years because you just bought yourself a job. 
So if yeah, you're, that's exactly you're, it. Yeah. Yeah. If your goal is to, to to work on on your business, not just in it. No, it's a bit of a cliche. So yeah. say you say, well, look, I, you know, I'm just going to spend half an hour marketing three times a week. You stick that in that thing, and then you stick to that, and you do the uncomfortable things because that's where the growth happens. So the dot system just allows you to to just give yourself a bit of accountability. Right, and, and it definitely it creates habits. It's, a, it's sort of like a rhythm. You know, you're setting up a rhythm for yourself, you know, so that you can visually see where the weaknesses are in your implementation, your strategy, and your business. And, of course, if you don't have a strategy, that will show up as well, right? And I'm always, I've always said, it's so funny you use plumber because I use that when I'm speaking at stuff too, and, and I always, poor plumbers, I always use a plumber. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, someone planted that seed that said, you know, you'd be a really, really good business owner, except they aren't. And, and so I call it, a, and I'm not going to say what I, word I use usually, but it's, it's a hobby owner, H-O, or a business owner. You know, it's the difference between being that, that hobby owner and the, and the actual business owner. And I think what happens is you get into, I, so I always say, you know, great employees don't always make great business owners. Yes, and it's just identifying the weaknesses. Um, there mm-hmm. are no secrets. They're just stuff you don't know. And in this more complex business world, it's almost impossible to stay on top of the, the changes and the trends. And it, it ties quite into the, to the mastermind group or something like that, where if you can find mm-hmm. other people that know what you don't know, mm-hmm. then in your niche, yeah. in your niche, yeah then you mm-hmm. haven't got to try and figure all that out on top of your 12-hour days. There's just more stuff that I just don't know. Yeah. So finding other people that can help you and support you and, and you can help them and you can learn what, they, what they're teaching you and vice versa, you share your knowledge. That's a true sort of, that's the definition of the mastermind. Napoleon Hill wrote in his Think and Grow Rich is that when two or more people come together to, for a common outcome, they create this third mind, this super mind. Yeah, the 11. Two plus two is 11. Lou Holtz. <laughs> from Notre Dame. Two plus two, or one plus one is 11. One plus one is 11. When you get two people together, it, it just manifests itself and it compounds the ideas and things. So now, I, you know, it's great because now I'm understanding the inverted classroom a little bit better. So, you know, so if you're listening and you're a mortgage lender, you know, it's don't run away from your competition, run to your competition, collaborate and say, you know, it's not competition, it's collaboration and find out where the holes are, you know, what each other is doing. And you have to have a lot of trust, obviously, because, you know, you don't want uh, and maybe some agreement that says, you know, look, what happens here stays here and it doesn't go out and say, oh, they're weak in this area. Ha ha. You know, we don't want to do that. Um, and, and I think for any business, but, but I believe what you're telling us, and I want you to correct me if I'm wrong, is that the inverted classroom is more of a collaboration of like-minded people who are in the same space or a similar business-minded space where they're missing, you know, a piece of their business, whether it's that actual niche or not. Is that correct? That's definitely, definitely part of it, uh, collaboration and one of the best ways to look at that. So, I talk about leverage whenever, whenever I'm in my, my groups mm-hmm. and I'm trying to always look for that myself, look for leverage. So mm-hmm. to grow one customer, one customer, it's exhausting. But yeah. to get, uh, collaborate with other people that, and, and you look at a bookend. So if, whatever you do in your business, there's often someone, a customer that's been somewhere before you and somewhere afterwards. Mm-hmm. And if yeah. you can find those people and, and work with them, you, you create this harmonious thing where 
they potentially send you a stream of customers because they're the process, them. you're the process before it gets to them uh, mm -hmm. or just afterwards. Okay, they've done this bit, now what else do they, do they need? And it's for a lot of, especially industries and, and regular work like, like, like tradies and, and even accountants, there's this natural progression where they, okay, they've done that, now they need to, to do something else. So finding those people and working with them is far more harmonious than you spending all your time trying to get one customer at a time. So that collaboration, yeah. and when you start to think outside the box and you start to look at the bookend of either end, you can find those people, start to create those alliances. And, you know, J.D. Rockefeller was in a mastermind with Andrew Carnegie yes, and the rest of those. And, 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 and yeah. Yeah, and they dominated their their industries, mm -hmm. um, partly because there probably wasn't as much competition in that time, but also, yeah, they all worked together to say, okay, well, uh, have you tried this? Have you tried that? And when they shared that knowledge, so absolutely, that's, yeah. that's definitely one know, of the ways to I look get, at it. Yeah, and I got to tell you, I know what's going on now because I was just at, um, in Los Angeles at City Summit, and it's one of the you know, high-profile um, conferences that I was fortunate enough to be speaking at on, on main stage. And, um, Kevin, uh, Kevin Harrington was there, and he is, you know, the original shark on Shark Tank. Um, he's also the, and I didn't know, I, I kind of knew some of this, but not all of it, but he's also the as seen on TV, you know, so when you have, see an ad on TV and they go, but wait, if you order within the next 10 minutes, we'll send this to you free, you know, a second set free. He invented that whole thing. That That's his baby of doing that, and, and as People stopped watching TV and started watching YouTube and Netflix, right? And started doing that and they just weren't consuming TV and people weren't even signing up cable at their house. You know, they just wanted to have, you know, their internet and their Wi-Fi. His business started failing. And thankfully, um, I always get this guy's name, Branson, right? I can't, get, I can't think of his first name. Charles, no? Branson. Richard Branson. Richard, thank you. Richard yes. Branson called Kevin, out of the blue, he'd never known him, nothing. He just, he somehow got his number. He called Kevin and said, hey, I'd like to invite you down to my island. Um, you know, I, I have some suggestions for you. I'd like, you know, if you're, if you're open to and, and think, you know, we consider, I have some suggestions for you. And so he flew down there, never know, knowing or meeting him or anything. I mean, two huge mega guys in two different markets and flew down there. And um, Richard said, look, I've been analyzing your business and it's great, but, but people aren't watching anymore. And I know your numbers aren't getting good. I saw your public reports and you know, all that stuff. And he goes, this is what I would recommend if you're, if you're open to this, I would consider is doing, start doing um, online and Facebook ads. So now, you know how, when you're scrolling on Facebook, all these little ads come in every once in a while because mm -hmm. they're intelligent ads. They know that the th they're the things you're looking for and that you've been online for and stuff. So he shifted his entire business to, and he still does TV stuff, but this TV ads, but he shifted his business and he three X his business in four months by shifting from TV for certain products into Facebook. And that's collaboration. That's the type of um, inverted classroom that you're talking about, except that he probably doesn't know that's the name of it. He just went and did it, right? And said, hey, I see something that you're not seeing. Most likely what Ford did to, you know, Firestone and Ford did to Carnegie and Carnegie did to Rockefeller um, and not waiting for the invitation. But yeah, that is, that is so true. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, there's no, there's no weakness in saying I don't know it all because none of us do. It's, it, as I said, business is incredibly complex. It's moving at a faster rate than ever before. There is no shame in 
saying, I don't have it all figured out. Uh, there is a problem in you thinking that um, I, sh I should be smart enough to figure this out. I'll do it all on my own because that way, you know, you, your good ideas don't improve to better ideas. As you said, the one plus one is 11. I, I always hear is one plus one equals three. And then yeah. also your bad ideas. There's no one there to tell you, actually, that, that sucks. Or, you know, <laughs> I don't think that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> so you do need some kind of sounding board. And, and masterminds have been tied back to almost like a board of directors where you've got all these people that are sitting on there that are, have your best interest at heart and, and want to see you succeed and vice versa, you want to see them succeed. And finding that common ground where you, you know, people help each other. And, yeah. and that's, that's to, to me, that's winning in business, not, not thinking that you've got to figure it all out yourself and, 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 and letting go of the ego a little bit. Read, ever read Ryan Holiday's book about the ego as the enemy? It, it's so true. It, just to just to say, look, I I haven't got it all figured out. I know someone else who who has, and let me connect to those people, and and let's work together. Yeah, absolutely. And I and I think that can happen. You know, at the lowest levels, and I don't mean it badly if you're listening in. I'm not saying that, but it doesn't have to be the Richard Bransons and the Rockefellers of the world. It, this can be little old us who are trying, you know, beating the street every day that, you know, creating a mastermind that is more effective than just getting together and chatting, you know, and I think a lot of people tend to do that, unfortunately, right? Um, you know, one of the things that Warren Buffett said, um, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing because I, I don't know where, you know, what the exact quote is, but what he said is that the real, the real strength and greatness in, I'll say a man, I know he didn't say that, but the real strength and greatness in, in a man is um, recognizing his weaknesses and asking for help. And I am paraphrasing, but but that is the real strength in, in a person is recognizing that they have weaknesses and asking for help, where the weakness is, is not asking for help and having the ego on your shoulder. Yeah, and, and very similar to that with the, the RRI philosophy, um, there's a great quote by Benjamin Disraeli that says, the greatest gift I can give is not to share my riches, but to reveal to others their own and to, to take them outside of oh, that yeah. box and see that greatness in them and say, look, you're an absolute expert in this. Why, you know, why are you only delivering it in one mode? Why are you not getting that better return on intellect? Why have you not considered writing a book or, or, or speaking or starting your own mastermind or, or coursifying what you do? There, there are other people that do what you do or do something similar and this is the path they've taken and that's the path to authority to to bigger impact yeah. and to to sharing what you you know with other people and and just giving them that as i said revealing their riches to to them so they see that greatness well that's what coaching's all about that's what i do with coaching is you know i'm i'm uh several several miles ahead of them because i can see the greatness in them before they even can right and, yeah. and I think you need people to say that. That's absolutely wonderful. That's cool. Okay, so as we kind of wrap up today, you know, what what's something, you know, based on everything that we talked about here today, you know, if someone's listening and saying, okay, so I'm really interested in this return on my intellect. I want to sort of up-level up, up level myself. I want to feed my passion, you know, and feed, feed um, you know, get myself out of this container that I'm in in my job or maybe that I have to leave a job and go do something else. And then the thought about, you know, inverting the classroom and getting myself aligned with people. What, what are some of the first, you know, maybe two, three steps that someone could do to start taking action on this right away? I think with the ROI, you actually hit it on the head. Uh, it's one of the things that, that I teach is that you, 
you start to think, what do people pick my brains for? You said it yourself. It's one of the reasons you started you start your podcast. Writing, people... writing that down. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is to look at where do you have the biggest impact? So with your clients, have you what? What do people come up to you and go, oh, that was genius, you know, thank you so much. Because what most experts do is they go, oh, yeah, that was nothing. They downplay it, partly because we don't want to be feel like we're bragging. And secondly, it comes second nature to us because we've done it for so long. But I always say, not to other people, it's not. That's, that's you know, that's what people come up and go, that's amazing. So That's why they cry look... when they come up and say, oh, my God, you inspired me. Yeah. Yeah, don't yeah. Start, for, start to look for those those points where, where you've previously yeah. dismissed them, but you've had great results for your clients. You've had great outcomes. People are going, that's amazing. And you're, you're busy because you don't want to blow your own trumpet dismissing it. Right. And, and what do people want to pick my brains about? That's your starting point for finding out um, how can I have this bigger impact? And, and often if there's two or three people asking you, there's 20, 30, 50 that haven't asked, but oh. are thinking the same thing. Right. Okay, good. So it's increasing awareness and taking note, right? And I mean, literally taking note of the yes. things that are coming up. That'd be the number one. So if I wanted to find a group of people, you know, to mastermind with, what, what would I do? You probably want to match up. I say the same thing as you. You can't have Richard Branson in your mastermind if you are um, not anywhere near his level of business because there's no value exchange. Yeah. So if you're looking to, to, to join a mastermind, you, you want to find people that are, uh, maybe just above you or, or, or quite close to that because you want that you want that exchange of value and, and masterminds have a shelf life they don't most of them don't go for five ten and twenty years some of them don't even last a year but you'll get what you need out of that and then you'll level up it's the Jim Rohn effect that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with so you join a mastermind and, and you people are quite similar or they've just done what you've done you know a year ahead mm-hmm. so for example you've got an e-commerce store and someone that's that's start to do quite well but they're only two yeah two three years old yeah you join them and and you level up and you learn what you can and then at some stage you'll go this this group is no longer challenge me enough because you never want to be the smartest person in the room you always want to be learning so you find the next group and the next group so you just i call it spiraling up you just keep spiraling up until one day you become that guru on the hill because you've constantly learned from people and you're you're always looking to level up I love it. I love that. You know how I use this is imagine a ladder, right? And you've got the rungs, the little rungs on each one, and each one represents a different level of your business. You cannot get to the top by holding on to the bottom. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. You I use the, yeah, and I use a, I use a Russian doll analogy for the, for the nesting dolls. You know, those, those dolls are one inside the other. Oh, yes, uh, the, yes, the yes. famous yes, Russian yes. ones. Yeah. So when I'm when I'm talking to people about how they unpick their their intellectual property, say so how many dolls have you got? And if someone right. only has one, then they need more. And it's it's still you. It's still the, ostensibly you. It's just how many dolls have you got? And can you yeah. add add another doll? And as you do, they they nest inside and and they change up and down. So for example, you you might find there's more money involved in teaching what you know than actually doing it. Uh, I know a guy who's a video production guy. And he switched from being that for 15, 20 years to teaching other people how to do it. And he makes twice as much money teaching than actually doing it. So his, his, doing, his doing doll has sunk and his teaching doll has, has, has increased. But they right. still, still all feed into that same one lot of intellectual property. So that's how I, and I, I think the that's analogy. A very, 
Yeah, that's a very, and I don't want to go down a rabbit hole. That's just a, a very, very, very good point because you might be really good at your skill set, but you aren't able to articulate it to people in a teaching mode. However, you might be better at uh, doing okay with the skill set, but you're better at explaining people to people how to. And those are okay, by the way. And I think I think people think that they have to be an expert in order to be a teacher. I don't think that's always the case. I think some people are better teachers than um, doers, and vice versa. Exactly. Some of the best really soccer. Some of the best soccer managers in the world have never played above you know, like the, the third grade. You know, they yeah. yeah. Well, they can, but they they've never they've never well, been there and, and done it. Football in America, it's yeah. the same thing. You know, they they can't go out on the field and catch the ball and throw the ball and do the tackling, whatever. But they are excellent strategists and they're excellent at teaching and motivating people. So, you know, I would say if you're thinking about this and you're saying, what's a return on my intellect? really challenge yourself to find out, you know, is where I'm at in the genius zone, as you said very in the very beginning, is it really in the genius zone or is there a better genius zone for me? And I know, I, you know, I'm good at both, but I love to teach. And I think that I'm more passionate about teaching than I am about doing. I get passionate about it, but, and I'm not talking about coaching, I'm talking about in my mortgage history, you know, my mortgage business. I got to the point where I was just more passionate about teaching other people and helping other people achieve success than I was actually doing the, the daily activities with clients. Yeah. Um, I had a passion for that at one time, but I was just, I moved, you know, and you just grow, like you're saying. It's yeah. been absolutely fabulous. So, so how can people get in touch with you if they'd like to learn more about this, about setting up a mastermind, about being in one of your mastermind groups virtually? What's the best way for everyone to get in touch with you? And we'll be happy to put the, the links and the notes and, and even the dot sheet as well, if you'll send that to me, a link to that, and we'll put all that in the show notes. Sure. Well, the two best places to contact me is either directly through my website, which is accountability.io, or LinkedIn. I'm Ronan Leonard, the mastermind guy. And again, I, I, I love connecting with people on LinkedIn because it's not just cat videos. It's, it's people sort of sharing their knowledge and expertise and that sort of falls right into my wheelhouse where there's some, some great content on there that is around solving problems, not just, hey, I'm here to be entertained. So yeah, LinkedIn or my website. And yes, I'll share the Rockefeller.system as a, yeah, as I love that. Yeah, yeah we'll, put, we'll put that in the link as well. But again, it's eCountability instead of accountability.io. Don't do the .com and then, and then text me and say you can't find <laughs> it. <laughs> Make sure you're doing that. And then I think you have a little gift for us as well. You want to give away the Simon Sinek formula? No, well, you are going to get offer 25% off your program. Ah, yes. So I was. Yes. Yeah. So if... People have come through this podcast and, and they're a good fit. And I actually reject about one in three people because for whatever reason, I can't unpack their, their return on intellect. And, and that's okay. Right. It's nice to know in advance rather than buying a right. course and then going, well, I, I, can't, I can't use this. Uh, right. But yes, if, if somebody comes through and, and says, hey, I found you on the podcast, happy to give away 25% uh, from the program if you're a good fit. Uh, but yeah, we walk them through this whole six-week program of unpacking the best part of their intellect, teach them exactly how to position that to the market. And at the end of that six weeks or 40 hours, they are ready to go with their first mastermind and they know what the market wants and they're really comfortable in, in how they're going to deliver that. So there's some, um, so yeah, 25% off for your listeners. That's 
awesome. Thank you so much for that gift. I sure appreciate that. So we'll have all the links in the uh, in the show notes. And I thank you again so much for uh, sharing your wisdom with us today and bringing, you know, I'm just amazed that I learned from every single one of the podcasts that I, um, that I am the host on. And, uh, you know, I just can't stop growing. And, and I think that's wonderful. And, um, I just thank you so much for the wisdom that you've given to us. And thank you so much for reaching out with me, you know, on our, on our space and how we met each other. And, um, I wish you the best, best, best in this year to come and further on. And thank you for being here today. Oh, thank you so much, Jen. I really enjoyed it. And yes, if you, if you're down in Melbourne, when, if you come to Australia, come, come and see me and we'll, We'll have a drink. <laughs> Although I don't know the difference between Melbourne and Sydney, but you know, hopefully when I fly into Sydney, you know, for my speaking gig, I'll let's. Uh, I threw it out to the big bad world there, saying I'm going to be speaking there because we're working on the negotiations right now. But I, I do hope to get there, and and thank you so much for the for the invite. I, I sure do appreciate that. And so now, listen, if you're listening in, uh, thank you so much. And if this, if this is your first time listening into our podcast, we want to welcome you and say uh, thank you for spending your your time with us. And hopefully this was nice to listen to while you're working out or riding your bike or hanging out with the kids or driving down the highway, whatever you're doing when you're listening to podcasts. And I just ask you to please go to iTunes and write a quick review. Um, we, we love hearing your feedback. And if you ever have any questions about any of the content, please feel free to give me a call um, or find me on Facebook or on uh, my website. And again, thank you so much for listening to Stop Talking, Take Action, Get Results. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to Stop Talking, Take Action, Get Results. Can't get enough and want more? Visit jenduplessis.com to book Jen to speak at your event or company or learn about her coaching programs. You can schedule your private strategy session with Jen by texting STRATEGY to 66866. If you want to multiply your results in record time while working less and having a life, contact Jen today. Thanks again and be sure to tune in next week.